Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. We want you to know that Creekwood Church is open and you're invited to join us in person or online this weekend. More information about services and in-person safety precautions is available at creekwoodchurch.com. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. Enjoy. I'm excited today because I get to kick off a series called Built to Last. How many of you want a life that's built to last? Yeah, we, I don't want to build something that falls in a, in a year. I want a life that's built to last. And I was thinking about a few things uh, that don't last very long, that frustrate me. How many of you want your cell phone battery to last a little bit longer? Come on, iPhone. Serious, man. Uh, I want my vacations to last two days longer. You know what I mean? When I'm in Mexico and three days in, and I know I got to go to that airport, I'm like, no, I want to sleep in and I want to go to the beach. And so I want that to last a little bit longer. How many of you like massages? Some of the guys in here were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many of you like massages in the mall? In the kiosk in the mall. That's where I get my massage. Now, pre COVID, Man, I would go every Friday, and the guy knew me so well that he would see me coming out of JCPenney. And, he, and I would go, oh, yeah. And he'd go, oh, I got you. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like pointing like this. He's like, I already know. And then I, he was, I said, I need 30 minutes. And he was an Asian guy, and he would lean down. And he'd go, no, you need 40 minutes. And I'd say, you're right. Let's make this last a little bit longer. And so we did. And so one of the things I want to last a little bit longer is my boys not growing older. And I know a lot of you have kids. And listen, this year in the fall, I've got two freshmen. i got a freshman going into high school and a freshman going into college. Can we give it up for DBU, the DBU Patriots? Not always going to wear A&M anymore. We're going Patriots, man. I told Braden, I said, man, I can't wait. You're only 25 minutes away. I'm spending every weekend with you. It's going to be awesome. He's, we ain't doing that. Here's some structures. Here's some structures that I found that have built have been built to last the, 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 the test of time. Here's a few that you would know. The pyramids, right? Those lasted. Those have been around 4,500 years. The Great Wall of China, that's been around. You know, you can see the Great Wall of China from space, built over hundreds of years. The Taj Mahal was built in 1600 AD. All three of these structures were built to last. And I don't know how you thought about your life and how you've walked in here today, maybe... You're going through something and all you can think about is like today. Or maybe all you can think about is the month of May. And all you can think about is what's going on and how do I replace my Indian Hawthorns right now because they froze in the freeze. And I don't know what you've got going on in your life, but God wants to build a life that lasts. And that's what this series is about, that we're going to talk about the priorities of God. We're going to talk about the, the building blocks of God that will sustain your life. Over the next few weeks, I want you to come back because I believe this will change your life. You got a plan next weekend, you need to cancel it because you need to be here. And it, this literally will change your life, this series. And uh, how many of you know this, that the earlier you let God start building on your life, the better. Amen. And I know that because, you know, there's a, a Barna Research Group did a study that said that, that most commitments to Christ happen in the first 14 years of life. And then that drops off again. The next threshold is 18 and the next threshold is 30. 
And so how powerful it is that when we bring our kids to church and we dedicate our kids and they come week after week after week and they hear the word of God. And, and I mean, how powerful is that? And that's why at Creekwood, man, when we're talking about building a life to last, I want to start early. I want to start building a foundation that's early. And, you know, you think about, I promise you that there is a devil, there is an enemy that has a plan for your kids' lives. And if you're parents, you know that. You know how they come home and the things that they say and the things that they're hearing and the things that they're seeing. And that's why I'm so excited because last weekend in our critter ministry, can we give it up for our critters? Come on, we got the best. Our zero to five-year-olds are amazing. They're doing a series right now called God's Way is Perfect. And he has a plan for your life. And they, they, did, a, they did a message last week talking about talking about Jonah and the whale and how Jonah did not follow God's way. And I want you to see this video because we have a new preacher that his, his little name is Graham and he preached this message. Watch this. Jesus told Jonah to go to Nineveh and he didn't. He told the wrong way and, and he fought him in the water and the big fish swallowed him. And he prayed to God. And so what happened to Jonah? Um, 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 Jesus told the big fish to spit him out on, onto the dry sand. So Graham's going to be preaching next week, and you need to be here for that. But it's crazy. Here's what I've learned, and here's what's so important. If people are going to accept Christ in the first pretty much decade of life, get your kids here. Man, this is the most important thing that they hear the word of God because it is easier when we're talking about building on a life that, that lasts to do new construction is easier than a remodel in your life. Isn't that crazy? It's harder the older you get. And so I'm gonna start in this series by saying we live in a world that says you do you. I hate that phrase, man. I hate that. You, do, you just do you. Because if your truth is your truth and your truth is your truth, and my truth is my truth. As long as you don't hurt anyone else along the way, you do you. And we'll all get to the same place. That's, that's another thing, that all roads eventually lead to heaven anyway, so you just do you. You can follow that religion, and you can follow Jesus over here, but you do you. Let me give you truth today. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If we're going to talk about built to last, you need to know what the truth is, that there is one way to heaven. There is one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus Christ. And I realize you don't build on anything that lasts by accident. You don't build anything that lasts by accident. Anything built to last had a plan that was thought about, designed with intentionality, and was dialed in to the smallest level of detail in your life. You know, my dad was an architect, and he, he had the, all these, these blueprints. Y'all remember the old blueprints? And my dad had these blueprints that were sprawled out on the kitchen table. We used to have dinner on top of blueprints because he had them all the time. And I remember the blueprints because my, what my dad had was layers of blueprints, and they were like easement plans and topographical surveys and geotechnical surveys and all these different nerdy things and like electrical things and structural things. And I remember being 
fascinated as a kid with the surveys and the, and the detail, the level of detail. And I remember one time I asked my dad, I said, what's these three circles in a row? What is that? And he said, oh, that's a toilet. Those are toilets. And I said, really? You got it down to the toilet level of detail? And he said, oh, yeah, we even have the pipes and where that stuff actually goes. We got that level of detail. I was like, wow. And I was thinking about the level of detail. And I want you to know that there is a God that has that level and that layer of detail planned out for your life. And I know that because Psalms 139.13 says this, you form my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside. And you wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Look at your neighbor and say, you're extra. You're extra. God made you mysteriously complex. You're extra. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even form every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. You carefully, skillfully shaped me from nothing to something. And this is the one. This is the one. This is why I like the Passion Translation. It says, you saw who you created me to be before I became me. You saw who you created me to be before I ever became me. I'd I'd ever seen the light of day. The number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book Every single moment you are thinking of me. Don't tell me God doesn't have a plan for your life. He's got a blueprint plan for your life right down to the toilet level. Like he knows exactly all the details. He knows about your body. He, like my son is eighth grader right now, y'all. Six foot tall. Something's wrong. He has a six foot four wingspan in the eighth grade. He's got fingers that look like they're they're so long. Can palm a basketball, dunk the other day in a pre-warm-up game in the eighth grade. I said, what? I did not see it. And I said, until I see it on video, it didn't happen. But I'm telling you right now, God knows how he built him. God knows, exactly knows his body. He knows your personality and your quirkiness and your wittiness and how funny you are and and some of you how dull you are, okay? (laughs) He knows the number of days that you were ever gonna live. He's got the level of detail and that's why you need to understand the image. Your identity comes from God. It does not come from your culture. It does not come from social media. It does not come from what your friends have said. It does not come from the media that you listen to. It comes from God. He knew you before you were ever you. Man, that's a powerful thing. And Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us what God has planned for us. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Man, y'all got, y'all, some of you probably have Jeremiah 29, 11. We all know, most of us know that scripture. We got that tattooed on places. 
we got wearing, some of you, some of you are like, uh, yeah, you got it tattooed on places that you want visible. And some of you are like, I got that places on places that I don't want visible because I'm trying to tell it, I know the plans I have for you and the plans to reduce the cellulite or whatever it is, right? <laughs> and so I, you, we know that scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. But some of you right now are pumping the brakes on that. And you're immediately going, hold on. Why, if God has such a plan for me, and why, if he is so good, how on earth is it raining so loud right now? <laughs> we're going to work through it. Gonna build, we're built to last. This is what this church is built to last. Come on. But some of you have pumped the brakes on Jeremiah 29, 11 because you think and you've heard that God is good and you love that about the church and you love that about Jesus and you love that about God, but you're struggling with the fact that, that, that you're going through something right now. And how is there a good God if there's a pandemic? And how, God, if you know all the plans and you're so good, how on earth do I have a wayward child right now? And how is that going to work out? How on earth, God, is my cancer diagnosis a good thing? And how, how is losing my uncle to COVID, how is that a good thing? God, I'm telling you right now, some of you have pumped the brakes on Jeremiah 29, 11. And some of you right now are having a hard time of allowing Jesus and giving Jesus a real opportunity in your life because you're going through a tragedy and you're asking this question. I believe every human being has asked this question. How on earth could a good God let bad things happen to good people? Anyone ever asked that question? Honestly, raise your hand. I want to see. I want to see. I want to know. I've asked that question so many times. How did 9-11 happen? No, you may not have caused it, but you are sovereign and you knew about it. And I've had to ask myself these questions because if God, if you are who you say you are, I need to, I can't reconcile. And I want to give you an illustration because I hope this changes your life. This little illustration. You need to know something that spiritually we live in an evil world. We live in an evil world. Spiritually, we actually live in an evil world and there is a devil that has a plan for your life. Just like God has a plan for your life, there is the enemy that has a plan for your life. That same Barner Research Group did a study that said over 50% of Christians, these are people that, that claim to know Christ, over 50% of Christians do not believe in a heaven, do not believe in a real hell, and do not believe that there's a devil. Again, let me give you some truth today. There is a real devil that has a plan for your life. There's a real heaven that I can't wait till I get to. And there's a real hell that you could spend eternity in. And you need to know that. And let me tell you that the Satan's plan for your life is John 10, 10 says the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. There is real evil on this earth. 
And just like God has a plan for your life, the enemy has a plan for your life. And some of you are struggling with how do you reconcile a good God letting evil things happen. Let me take you back to the time of the disciples when the Messiah was actually on the earth. Take for a moment and put yourself in the shoes of the disciples for just a moment. Can you imagine they not only see and know the Messiah and they've seen his miracles, they've seen him do the miracles, but they also knew Jeremiah 29, 11. They also knew what the scripture says that God has a good plan for them. And can you imagine as they're watching him being beaten and mocked and beaten literally to inches of his life. And you know they're going, how God, if Jeremiah 29, 11 is happening and you say you have a good plan for me, how on earth can this evil be good? How on earth, God, why right now do you have nails being put in your hands? Why right now do you have nails being put in your feet? How, God, where could the good come out of this? I don't understand how there could be a plan. And then they see a Roman soldier stick a spear up under his rib cage and it pierces his heart just to make sure that the Messiah is actually dead. How? God, I watched you. I watched you do the miracles. You are the Messiah. How could this be good? And then they took him down off the cross and they put him, they wrapped him up and put him in a tomb and they put, rolled a stone over the tomb and they said, how? What are we going to do now? I was depending on you. But three days later, but three days later, Jesus Christ rose from the grave. And this is what the church has not been able to get over for 2,000 years. That three days later, Jesus rose from the grave and he defeated death. And he didn't just die for you. He is alive for you now. And the reason that's a big deal is because some of you are going through something that sounds and looks and talks a lot like evil in your life. But here's the cool thing about Jesus. If he says he's who he says he is, he is either, either crazy or he's God. And if he's God and he, if he can raise himself from the dead, he can turn your situation that looks like evil around so that it might live. Okay, you need to know that God wants your situation to live. I don't know what your situation, how on earth is this wayward child gonna work out? I don't know, but I know that God has a plan for your life. And what I found out is that God's plan will always supersede the plans of the enemy in your life. Revelation is such a powerful scripture. Revelation 21.5 says, then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. God is the one that can make all things new in your life. I'm officiating a wedding in June from a lady, a lady who tragically lost her husband. And she called me the other day and I can't imagine her situation. I can't imagine what she's been feeling over the last few years and the disappointment and the frustration and the, maybe the anger at God and the sadness and the depression. And she called me the other day with an excitement in her voice and she said, Brad, I'm so happy. She said, 
only God. Sometimes that's all you have to say. Only God. God can take your tragedy and turn it into triumph. God has this crazy ability to do that. And I love that John 10, 10 doesn't stop right there. John 10, 10 starts with God, Satan's plan for your life, but it ends with God's plan for your life. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. God's plan will supersede the enemy's plan in your life. If we're going to build a life that lasts, you need to know that God has a plan for your life. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. This is the second thing. It's so important. God has a plan for your life, but you, everyone say you, you. have to set the foundation. You're the one that has to set the foundation. Matthew 7, 24 this is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus' most famous sermon. And this is how he ends it. He gives us an illustration. He, he, if you're an artist in here, he actually paints it on a canvas and he's saying, he doesn't teach this. He gives this illustration for you to see it. So visually see this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them on Pinterest Some of y'all put his words on Pinterest. <laughs> Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. We're bringing back Allen Iverson. We're talking about practice. Some of you are like, what? I don't understand that illustration, Brad. Okay, I'm just saying. We're putting it into practice. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. The only difference between the two houses had nothing to do with their square footage. It had nothing to do if it was interiorly designed correctly. It had nothing to do with the paint color and the scheme. The only difference between the two houses was the foundation. One was built on a rock that is Jesus, and one was built on the sand. It's crazy. If you're a builder here right now, you understand the most important thing to building a structure is the foundation. It's the foundation. And so I want to talk about foundation really quick as we set this series up because I don't want to set a series up without real foundation. So if you want to live a life that's built to last, I want to give you three reasons why you need Jesus as your foundation. The first reason is Jesus is an anchor. You need to know that he's an anchor because how many of you have ever had a storm in your life? Honestly, and I'm not talking about the rain coming right now. The wind is going to blow in your life. The rain is going to fall in your life. The streams are going to rise in your life. And if I don't tether to something, I will float away. If I don't learn to fix myself onto something, if I don't find something that actually anchors 
me, not at the physical level, but at the spiritual level in my life, because you are more spiritual than you are physical. If you don't learn how to anchor, you will find yourself wanting to float away. God says, remain in me and I'll remain in you. You got to remain in me. You got to set the foundation. You got to be anchored to something fixed. And if you will be Isaiah 43, 2 says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. That's good news for anyone who's going through a storm right now in your life. You got to learn to be anchored to something. And here's what I found out in my 45 years now of life. I know. I can't believe it either. I look like I'm 25. <laughs> Take that in. I know, 45. It's crazy. But here's the deal. This world will try to change you. Here's what I've learned. This world will try to change you. And in my lifetime, I've watched the moral standards of what I always knew to be moral standards literally get thrown out the window. I'm watching it right now. I see it in politics. I see it in sometimes in our education system. I see it in, even in churches. I see it in our families. I see it certainly in social media. I see it all over the place. And here's what I've learned, that I don't just need to be anchored to something that's fixed. I need to be anchored to something that will not change. Amen. In Malachi, God says, I am God and I do not change. You need truth. You don't need a feeling right now. You need truth. The second reason you need to be anchored to Jesus is he will build you vertically. When you are anchored to the foundation of Jesus, he's the one who builds you vertically. Right now, we're working on our entrance sign at our West Campus. How many of you are excited about West Campus? It's awesome. But here's the picture of our entrance signage. I don't know if you can tell. This is kind of on 1187. 1187's down at the bottom coming into our entrance. And here's a picture of kind of what it's going to look like. And it's going to be amazing. That sign on the left is 100 feet long. The sign on the right is 100 feet long. It's going to be 10 foot tall, made of stone and made of, of steel. It's going to be beautiful. When people drive by, it, it's like, oh my word, it's going to be awesome. But you know, I met a builder this week and he, we were looking at it and he started looking at the foundation and he looked at me and he said, man, this is going to be amazing. But there's no way that foundation on that drawing will work. I'm like, quit being a jerk right now. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. The drawing's done. Let's build it. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm telling you, the weight of that sign will not work on that little bitty foundation. There's no way that's going to work. He said, you're going to have to learn how to dig down. You're going to have to learn how to dig down because if you will dig down, I'll build a bigger foundation that can support the weight of that sign. He's not being a jerk. He's protecting us from impending doom. And that's what I love. In the same way, God will not build you up in your life when your foundation isn't ready. You need to know that God's the one who builds up. You're waiting on God to build you up and he's waiting on you to dig down. You gotta understand that. And if we're honest, we'll all want 
that construction in our lives and we all want Jeremiah 29, 11. We all want the hope. You said hope. I want hope. You said, you said reward. You said a future. I want the future to happen right now. And we're like the little kid in a car going on vacation. And it was like, are we there yet? And we're like, no, shut up. We're not there. Landon, stop it. Six foot four. What? And I'm like, this is, the way we, this is the way we are. We want it to happen now. We want our life to be like happening. And we're like, come on, let's go. But he, here's what I've learned about setting a foundation. Setting a foundation takes a long time. Like, like go build anything that's, that, that will last. You've got to set the foundation that can hold it for a long time. So you're going to have to dig down and overbuild and maybe even over-engineer. And you may have to do some injections in the soil because the soil isn't sturdy enough. And you may have to pull some really bad stuff out in order to put some really good stuff that can actually build the foundation. And it takes a long time. And it's dirty. And it's nasty. And we none of us want to do it because it's not visible. It's not visible, so I don't want to do it. But God often asks you to excavate before he will elevate in your life. And he will ask you to dig down. What's God asking you to dig down out? What dysfunction is he asking you to dig down out? What insecurity is he asking you to dig out in your life? The secret is to never stop setting foundation. Listen to me right now. The secret is to never stop setting foundation. Never stop setting foundation. You're 60 years old right now. You never stop setting foundation. Never stop setting foundation. Never stop digging. Never stop setting foundation because if you'll never stop, God will never stop building vertically in your life. That's why you serve. That's why serving matters because you're setting foundation. You're setting foundation. I know some people that are a little older, they're like, yeah, I did that when I was younger. No, 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 you never stop building foundation because God will build your life vertically. The size of your foundation determines the size of growth in your life. How big is your foundation? And I feel like the Holy Spirit said this to me when I was, I was like, God, show me something here. Show me something. And he said, quit trying to build the church. Quit trying to build the church. You focus on the foundation of Jesus Christ and I'll build my church. That's what he said to me. Quit trying to build the church. Set the foundation. The third thing and the third reason you set Jesus as the foundation is that God always honors the first. God always honors the first. Matthew 6, says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. If you seek things, you'll miss the kingdom. But if you'll seek the kingdom, not only will you get the kingdom, but you'll get all these other things added. The world will not tell you that. The world see, says, seek the things. Grow yourself. Your truth is whatever your truth is. You go ahead and do it. All roads lead to heaven. When I start building my kingdom and I stop building his kingdom, here's literally what I see God do in my life. In my 45 years, here's what I've seen God do. When I stop building his kingdom and I start building mine, he literally goes, okay. Oh, 
You're going to build, right? I'm not going to build. You're going to build? Okay, good. Because I'm not going to build. I'm not going to build if you're going to build. If you'll stop building, I'll start building. But I won't build if you're going to build. Are you going to build? If you'll stop building, I will build it. I'm the one that has Jeremiah 29, 11. I'm the one that has Psalms 139 over your life. I got the toilet level detail. I can build. You need to set the foundation. That's all I need you worried about. You see other people and you go, how do I get there? I, ooh, okay, they're wearing, they got holes in their jeans. I'm gonna wear holes in my jeans. Oh, they're wearing makeup like that? I'm gonna do makeup like that. Oh, their kids play 18,000 sports? That's what I gotta do. Oh, okay, I'm gonna build my own kingdom. That's what I get on social media and how many followers? Oh, I gotta take that down, that only had 100. I hit a nerve. Oh, oh, I gotta, okay, if I do this and I, and I dress like this and I do it at four o'clock because then they're driving home at five, then I can figure out where all the likes are gonna be. And I try to build my own kingdom. And God literally steps aside. The problem is, Psalms 127.1 says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. You will labor in vain if you do not let God build the house. You set the foundation. We live in a world that glorifies self, self-promotion, 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 self-promotion. I, I mean, it is, it is constant, constant, constant. James 4.10 says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Humble yourselves before the Lord. Build the foundation. Humble yourself. What would it look like if you lived a life like this? I honestly think if you'll live your life in worship to him, he'll build you up so high. You could never have done it on your own. Psalm 139 on your life. Jeremiah 29 11 on your life. You cannot do Psalm 139 on your own. You cannot build it. You got to learn how to build the foundation. And here's the most important thing in life is that you know God. And I want to finish with this. Jesus, when he was alone in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he was arrested and crucified, he was thinking about you. And this is what Jesus said before he was to be destroyed, before he was to be mutilated, before he was to be crucified. I would think that he'd be afraid to death. I would think that he would be thinking of himself alone. You know what? He was thinking about me and you. This is what the God of our universe said. He said in John 17, three, he says, now this is eternal life. Now this is how you build a life that lasts. Now this is what lasts. That they know you. That they know you. And then Timothy follows that up. It says, Timothy 6.21, some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. And here's a scripture that haunts me. Matthew 7.21 says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and your name drive out demons and your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. You 
You got to know him. That word know in the Greek is the word gnosko. It's actually a word that means much more than a head knowledge. It's a word that says, it's a word that means you got to know him intimately and passionately. He wants to know you at a relational level. He wants to know you. One definition said it's a firsthand experience. It can't be your grandmother's religion. It has to be you. It has to be yours. You want a relationship with Jesus. He wants to know you. If people say, Brad, Brad, how do I know God? How do I know that I know that I know that I'm saved? Like I've been in church all my life, but how do I know? God gives us, he says in Romans 10, 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You are saved through no works of your own. It's not how many prayers you pray. It's not how many times you came to service. It's not how many times you served. It's the grace of Jesus Christ that saves you. It's free, but it was not cheap. Gave a son on the cross for your life. So I wanna pray for you right now. If right where you're at, I want you to bow your heads and I wanna pray over you. And I don't know who I'm speaking to right now, but there's some people in this place I believe that don't know you like that, God. They don't have an intimate relationship with you. And they know right now, they want that intimate relationship. They wanna know you. They're, they're here for a reason, maybe that had nothing to do with knowing you. They're here because their, their wife or fiance wanted to be here. They're here because they wanted their kids to be here, but they do not know you. You can know God right now. You can have your foundation set right now in Jesus. You say, Brad, that's me. I want to know God. I want to set that as the cornerstone of my life. Would you pray for me right now, Brad? If that's you, would you raise your hand? I want to see all over this place. Raise your hand and say, Brad, I want Jesus in my life. I'm going to set him as the cornerstone in my life. I need him right now. And just pray this prayer in your heart. Say, God, I want to know you. I want to know you personally. God, I ask that you would come into my heart. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. God, I believe that you died on the cross for me and your blood was enough. I believe that you rose again on the third day and that you are alive in Jesus' name. I pray over every person that prayed that prayer, God, that you would be, this would be a cornerstone day in their life, God. This day would be a day of significance in their life. For the rest of us, God, I pray that those who have cracks in our foundations, God, as we come back week after week in this series, God, that you would begin to restore and put peers under our foundation. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Are you new to Creekwood? If so, we're glad you're here. For more information about our church and how to take your next step, please visit the Connect page on our Creekwood Church app.